Welcome on into the 18th episode of season four, four and ten. Me and myself and Joe are here with you. Uh, sad news to start off the podcast. I want you, Joe, to start this off because the Habs legend of Gila Fleurs passed away at the age of 70. Tragic uh, to hear, especially with the incoming news of Mike Bossy uh, dying previously a week. Uh, so tough news in the NHL for some NHL legends. Yeah, this one was tough. I, I know uh, Guy was like battling cancer. Like he passed from lung cancer, but he like just following like Hab's Twitter, like he's had like a bunch of like health problems. Like even before this lung cancer, he had like, I don't know if it was like a, a heart attack or something with his heart or like his brain like one or two years ago. And like he's had like a lot of health concerns. So it's kind of like Mike Bossy where it wasn't like super sudden, but it's still awful to see because it's like 70s, not young at all. And then Bossy was 65. And these are two of the you know most iconic players in their franchise in terms of just goal scoring ability, finesse, um, cup wins, of course. Um, so obviously Guy Lafleur was drafted first overall by Montreal in 1971. He won five straight cups with them uh, in the late 70s. He won three at Ross trophies. I don't have all of his stats in front of me, but he scored 60 a few times. He scored, I think, not eight, six straight 50 goal seasons. Um, so it's just it's just a terrible thing for like another another legend gone. And like like you said, the span of a, of a week mm-hmm. is pretty tough. Um, I'm just gonna quickly pull up his stats here and like his other awards. So he won Dart Ross three times. He won the Lester B. Pearson, which is essentially the Ted Lindsay three times. He won the Hart once, the Conn Smythe once. Sorry, he won the Hart twice in the, the Conn Smythe once during those cup wins. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of Hall of Famers on those 70s teams could go around. But uh yeah, so he had you know he retired those few years. Uh Obviously, he's going to be remembered as a Montreal Canadian. He also played one year for the Rangers and a few years for the Quebec Nordiques uh, near the end of his career. Um, but he obviously is a hab legend. Number 10 is retired in the Raptors, just like Bossy, number 22. Uh, just a sad day for the NHL and specifically Habs fans. Yeah, and it was crazy to see when I went online. I'm like, Gila first scored a lot of goals. I want to see how many Rockets he won. He never won any because it didn't exist back then. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Like same with Bossy. Like Bossy, I don't even know when the rocket came in. I think it was like the '90s or something. <laughs> Way too late. Yeah, like well, these guys were dominating. So it's just it's so unfortunate, and like li- literally like two of the similar type of players like impacts on their franchise and like how people viewed them like fans. Like my it was like my dad's favorite player, Guy Lafleur. Uh, Montreal did a great uh, tribute. He had like a nine or 10 minute like standing ovation after because we watched the ceremony live. Mm-hmm. It was like nonstop cheering. And like, it was just, that was the longest I've ever seen for a player. Um, so just that's how much of an impact he made on the community. Yeah. Sad news to hear out of Montreal, but um, yeah, well, hopefully everything's all right with his family. I hope they're doing well. So. We'll get into the playoff news, which is the thing we're talking about the most because there's only two days left, uh, a couple more games left for some teams. I know the regular season somehow ends on May 1st when the playoffs start on May 1st, but let's not get started into that with the NHL. Um, But we'll go to the NHL playoffs specifically in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everything's basically set. Um, We're waiting on one team, which is the Vegas Golden Knights, but we'll bash them in a few minutes time. Um, so I think Edmonton got in this week, Nashville, um, 
this Dallas Stars are hopefully getting in by tonight if they do win against Arizona Coyotes. Um, so if that happens and the Vegas Golden Knights are out and then we're outdated on this podcast because they'll be released before the game tonight. Um, so, yeah, everyone's basically in the playoffs. A lot of teams are really struggling going into the playoffs, and a lot of teams are really going on fire heaters right now going to the playoffs, and so one of them being the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have to play them in round one. So I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, like we were kind of talking about it, just like not on podcast, just in person. Like how like a lot of the Toronto media is like, oh yeah, like bring on Tampa and stuff, which is good. Like Toronto's a great team, but like don't act like this team that is back to back cup winners is just gonna roll over for you. Like mm-hmm. they the last like six, seven games, they look like the best team in the league again. Uh, just blowing out teams they blew out like Florida like the other day they beat they destroyed the Leafs last week so that's two of the top five teams in the league they just destroyed I think they scored eight goals both games if I'm not mistaken so they're obviously ramping it up because they know how to win they know how to ramp it up so that's the that's going to be the problem with that matchup but we'll get into it uh, on our next episode when we discuss playoff matchups and all that but it just it's going to be tough but it's not impossible to beat them yeah so no. what you, yeah what's going to be relied upon is just outworking them because of how many games they played the last few years yeah that's the most positive thing i guess we could say tiredness from the tampa bay side but with other teams struggling to go into the playoffs the pittsburgh penguins aren't looking the greatest Uh, They're on a two-game skid heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think they have one more game. But Tristan Yari went down with an injury, I think, last week. And it's an injury that is a month. um, But obviously, it's not because they're just going to ice the shit out of him. And Yari's going to go and play in game one of the playoffs. Um, Another team, the Carolina Hurricanes, haven't scored and looked the best. Even though they're winning games, they haven't looked mightily. And they obviously had a big injury with Freddie Anderson. Then uh, Antti Ranta went down. He's back. And they had some Russian dude come up from the AHL and kind of start for them. And it didn't look very good for that that team either. Um, Another team is the National Predators right now. That is the biggest injury, I think, in the league uh, to go into the playoffs with UC Saros going down with an injury. It was confirmed today that Elliot Friedman spoke to one of the Preds representatives on the health department side. And he said it is not looking good for UC Saros to start in round one. Another alone if they make it to round two. So um, it's it's the Nashville Predators and the Calgary Flames in round one. I had Nashville. I'm changing that now because UC Saros is down. That's their best player. Uh, I know Roman Yossi exists, but if he doesn't make any saves, they're not going anywhere. And the last two games have proven so with David Riddick in the cage. No save day, we like to call him in Toronto. But yeah, that's one team I'm very worried about. Yeah, like that Saros injury is just is killer like you saw in the series last year versus the carolina hurricanes he single-handedly brought them to six games he had like those two double overtime wins in nashville i think and he's like such a key component of that team obviously took the helm from pekka rene as the franchise goaltender uh and that injury i didn't know he was actually potentially ruled out for round one i thought he was just ruled out for the regular season well two games or whatever but that's a big blow for Nashville. And like, yeah, Calgary should be heavily favored if he misses any time uh, in that series. Another team that's actually kind of struggling down the stretch is the Colorado Avalanche. So I believe they won the other night, but they, at one point, like in the last week or so, lost four straight. So they're not looking like their best form either. They, had, they have a lot of guys injured for like the, I would say the last 15, 20 games. Some of those guys are coming back now, like Kadri's back, Devon Taves, Sam Gerrard. 
Gabe Landeskog's still out. He should be ready for game one. Rantanen's missed the last few games. So they're kind of like not firing on all cylinders going in, and they're the team that has the most to lose, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So lots of injuries come into play. And we talked about one team that is trying horribly to make the playoffs in the last, what, two games they have left of the regular season. That's the Vegas Golden Knights. The biggest talking point, maybe team clown show, drama show, I don't even know, of the whole season. This one team has just been in the mix. We've talked about them, how they're, they are such a good team when healthy, when coached right, when playing right. It's just that figuring out part and uh, putting all the pieces together because they've had new ones come in numerous times, numerous years, year after year. And Joe, you said like, there's too much, uh, you and Tom said this both, like you, Tom on BLP and you on Antenna, you said like, they have too much turnover and it doesn't actually make chemistry help. And we're clearly seeing that clearly uh, in the last stretch of the games that they've been playing. This whole Robin Leonard fiasco with Peter DeBoer, the Vegas Golden Knights management, health staff, like it's it's a mess. Um, they're not getting in, right? Like, No, they're definitely not getting it. And like last night, you kind of put the nail on the coffin. That was their biggest. We've been saying it like every week, it's like their biggest game of the year, biggest game of the year. But they keep dropping these points. Like last week, they lost 3-2 in regulation at home to to fucking New Jersey. Uh. <laughs> that that right there says this team is not making it. Like, doesn't matter the rest of the games. If you cannot win versus New Jersey at home with no Jack Hughes for the Devils, and they're awful, that's, you don't deserve to make it, period. So they had that game versus Dallas last night, which was huge. They lost in shootout, I believe, to Dallas. That's a huge uh, win for Dallas. Obviously, like you said, if Dallas wins it tonight, it's over officially in this pod to be outdated. I think it's over tonight. Um, you kind of mentioned like the turnover and the, and the disaster and all the drama. Like it's been all season long. And mm-hmm. it's been like, I even said this last year when they got eliminated by Montreal, where there's so many like, like Pete DeBoer made so many comments during that series. And like, like even leading up to it, like there's, there's always so much, something always going on behind the scenes. Now, I don't know if it's like the coaching staff, Jim, or, or if it's the owner himself, who's always, who's ex- apparently extremely hands-on, but they treat their own players awful. Like from that cup run four years ago, there's like three or four players left from that team period. And like n- not really any of the prospects that they drafted in the last couple of years, because they've traded a bunch have even cracked the lineup. So they're constantly trading picks, constantly trading you know, players that are gel with the team, like an Alex Tuck, uh, for example, who's thriving in Buffalo. Um, and it just, they keep going after name value and it has not worked at all. Like, no. yes, they've, yes, they've made it far, but because they're so like stacked with names, like it's almost impossible to be this bad. And like, mm-hmm. as of right now, they're not making the playoffs and just and remember that whole, the whole dad enough thing too. Like, they traded for him in the summer. We both kind of criticized the trade saying like, you're kind of near the cap already. This is before the ankle trade. You're already near the cap. Why do you need an extra winger for over 5 million for two years? And then that trade got vetoed. We were, we remember the whole thing with the ducks. That was awful. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the whole Robin Leonard situation, I've, I've never seen anything like that. In my life. With a goalie going into the stretch run, potentially of a playoff spot. Is he hurt? Is he not? He's playing. He's backing up. Now he's having shoulder surgery. It's like, what happened? Like, it, it's so confusing. 
Yeah, there is a lot of storylines to pinpoint through the Vegas Golden Knights whole season, even leading up to the offseason when they were rumored to be on a Jack Eichel. Um, just so many things, and we'll probably mention them in a later segment that we're doing anyway. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a teaser for that. Uh, the only thing positive this year for the Vegas Golden Knights was their goalie who came up, Logan Thompson. Like, if they if he didn't have him, have him, like they would be really bad. Um, he came in there and he has like a 920 save percentage, uh, helping them, and then he continues to he's getting a lot of like flack for not being in good in the shootout or the overtimes that they ran. I'm like, they have too much talent up front to even go there. Like they shouldn't be there in the shootout with San Jose, who's long gone out of the playoffs. Like they, I know San Jose is one of their biggest rivalry and is in their heads rent free year after year. But um, yeah, you can't really blame a rookie goaltender coming up. Who's playing 920 save percentage hockey for your club. It's just kind of ridiculous for me. Uh, to even put that, but a lot of injuries this year, like Mark Stone, Martinez, everyone's been injured for their team. Uh, I will give them that they've been injured. So it's hard to kind of recuperate and maybe they're not at a hundred percent because they're trying to make the playoffs, right? They're just throwing people into the lineup, but yeah, it's what a disaster of a season if they don't miss the playoffs, but I, I think they will miss too. There's not enough games left. There's not enough points to accumulate. And the biggest game of their season was last night versus the Stars, and they lost in shootout, gave the Stars two points. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of curtains on that one. Yeah, I think so, too. It's just, it's, like you said, like, you definitely have threw guys in and playing hurt, probably like Mark Stone, Alec Martinez and all that, like, and obviously Leonard. Um, but it's just been, like, it's, like, one of the most talented in terms of, like, name-branded players on the team like one of the most talented rosters like missed the playoffs probably mm-hmm. like ever like all these names all the pedigree of each player that they kind of brought in the last couple of years is just it's crazy that they're gonna miss mm-hmm. and that another team that we didn't mention that clinched the la kings clinched the playoff spot third in the pacific so they're playing the oilers and they've had as many injuries well i don't know if as many but they've had significant injuries especially on the back end Drew Doughty missed more than half the year, I think. And they they clinched the playoff spot. So it's just like sometimes you got to battle through the adversity. I know, like, I mean, in terms of, like, the Kings, they have a lot more, like, NHL probably ready prospects mm-hmm. than Vegas kind of throwing guys in when, like, Pat Trade was out, Don was out, Eichel was out and all that. But it was, it's just been – it's been terrible. Yep. Agree. So I, I think we'll mention them later in the episode. So we'll move on from the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Austin Matthews hit 60 goals last night versus the Detroit Red Wings. We both missed that, but obviously saw it on our phones. Um, yeah, first guy to hit 60 goals since I believe Stamkos did it in 2011-12, which I didn't realize this, but they didn't make the playoffs the Tampa Lightning that year. And he didn't even win the Hart Trophy that year, which is crazy to me. Yeah, so, like, the whole the Matthews scored 60. It was only a matter of time. He was at 58 for a while. Then he missed those three games. So it was inevitable. And he finally hit it versus the Dogwater Wings, as I like to call them this year, because they, they're awful defensively and goaltending for the last, like, three years. But, yeah, amazing accomplishment. Like you said, the third player – This is actually, he's actually the third player since 2000 to score 60 in a year, joining – you just mentioned Stamkos 10 years ago and Ovi with 65. Um, in 07, 08. So what an amazing accomplishment for Matthews. It was kind of coming ever since he passed by. It was kind of like, it's coming, it's coming. He finally got the monkey off his back. Now they just got to gear up for the postseason. 
Um, but yeah, going back to the Stamco thing, they did miss the playoffs. You didn't win the heart because like, I feel like the heart, like you have to at least make the playoffs to be nominated for the heart. Yeah. I think Malkin won it that year without Crosby playing like 95% of the year. Yeah, that's a good reason to get the heart trophy. You're doing yeah. I think he had like 112 points or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think he scored 50 actually. Yeah, something ridiculous. So, but yeah, Matthews obviously a great accomplishment. They should rest him. Uh the last game of the season would be very dumb of them to play him. There's no need for him to even be near the ice at all. Even Marner for that matter. I mean. You want the guy to get 100 points. He's not getting three points for his boss. And if he does, I'll eat my words because, you know, he's been that good down the stretch. But no need to get an entry. Um, but Hayes brought up a good point on the overdrive. He's like, they can't ice on Marley's lineup. So you got to put some talent on the ice, right? So I don't know who's in and out. Um, Sandine's not in. He's not ready yet. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because, like, Boston, like, technically it's not officially confirmed. It's kind of like Vegas and Dallas playoffs. It's like, it's not officially confirmed if they're playing Tampa. Like if Boston, for example, like wins the next two and Tampa loses the next two in regulation, I think there's a chance that they can play Boston, which is very unlikely. Um, so like technically, like they're kind of saying too, like, oh, it's kind of sees if this game means anything for Boston because Boston might do the same thing. They got a lot more older guys that they, they, they should rest than Toronto does. So I would think like it kind of depends on what happens tomorrow. I think Boston plays. So kind of because they play back to back. So if they like they win or they lose or whatever, like I can see Bergeron, Marchand potentially missing the game or and stuff like that. And then if Marner plays, maybe there's a shot at 100 because he'll be versing an HL roster Bruins team. But yeah, um, Ryan Getzlaff. So we talked about him last week retiring officially announced his retirement at the end of the season. I don't know this, but he. Um, announces retirement in the last home game for the Anaheim Ducks. So I think they still have two games left of the regular season and they're away games. Um, pretty smart tactic, if I'm not going to lie, for Ryan Getzoff to end his um, career in the last home game because it makes sense. You wanted to go out in front of your home fans, right? And he got an un- unbelievable, nasty assist to end his NHL career uh, late in the third period. Just a Ryan Getzoff feeder. Uh, that's pretty common back when he was had hair basically he was doing those passes to Corey Perry and his line mates um so we talked about him to length last week but just incredible for the guy I mean hall of fame we could say all these things but just soak in the moment for Ryan gets I feel like we won't be able to see this guy anymore no I know and he was part of our generation growing up all those guys like Crosby OV Perry like that generation is kind of our generation of growing up so it's gonna be it's sad to see uh, a potential hall of famer go out he did like you said have a nasty assist that was vintage gets left behind the back right on the tape to an open net that was that was that was nice like it kind of came out of nowhere but like it obviously you can still see he's got the skill it's just more so about you know his body breaking down and, and stuff like that so hell of a career for gets who's probably the best duck in in their history Yep, it definitely can make the argument. Um, we talked about Stamkos. We talked about Ovi. They're the next guys in the list uh, for news. Stamkos hit 100 points for the first time in his NHL career. He's obviously leading the Tampa Bay Lightning in points this year. Uh, I think he leads it by at least 30 or 25 points, if I'm not mistaken, which I didn't ever think Stamkos would ever lead the Tampa Bay Lightning again in points because he just gets injured too much. But this is the most healthy season we've ever seen from Stamkos in a while. Um, 
And it's a crazy stat. He hit 100 points. He went from 80 to 100 points in 13 days in five games, which is incredible. So he got 20 points in like five games, which is ridiculous. Yeah, like it was like I no, no one noticed this except for yesterday when he had four points. And I was like, oh, he had 100. I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, like even when he scored 60 that year, he had he didn't hit 100 points that year. So I was like even more shocked. I'm like, how? <laughs> so unbelievable season for Stamkos like you said no one would have if I if anyone were to bet Stamkos scoring 100 points leading Tampa in points this year man you won a lottery because the fact that he stayed healthy for the entire season pretty sure he missed like one game this year or two games he's gonna he might hit 40 still he's at 39 I believe but 100 points is an amazing accomplishment for a guy in the bubble two years ago we thought yeah. How many years does he realistically have left? He did. He played three minutes in that <laughs> bubble for that final, the first cup. He was obviously great in their in their second cup. Uh, he was healthy and producing well. But we all thought his best days were behind him. Well, he just hit 100 points for the first time at age 32. So, I mean, what a great year for Stamkos. Then transitioning to another all-time sniper, Alex Ovechkin, uh, as he scored his 50th goal of the season tying Mike Bossy and Wayne Gretzky for the most 50 goal seasons in NHL history with nine. I'm still so salty of this because the year the COVID shutdown happened in 1920, he was at 48 in like 70 games. So he would have had the record. So I'm kind of pissed about that because who knows if he scores 50 next year. I know. I wouldn't bet against it because the guy's going to miss a few games here. He's, he got banged up versus the Leafs. Mm-hmm. He hit 50, basically no problem because he, he's going to miss four or five games or whatever it is. So, I mean, another amazing milestone hit for Ovi. He essentially needs like, he still has four years left in his deal. He needs like 25 or 26 goals per season, the rest of the contract to catch him, I think, yeah. or something along those lines. Yeah, so I mean, you can't really bet against the guy because every year he just out, out like smarts you, outdoes you. Whatever you say, whatever you say bad about him, he just does the opposite. Uh, I never thought he would see 50 goals again from a 35 year old, uh, 36 year old getting up there in age and he's doing it. So who's the hell to say he can't do it next year? I know. And just another point with the goals, you would think you'd have like no assist. The guy has 40, he has 90 points this year, which yeah. is his highest points. He's this is the first time he's hit 90. Just going on his hockey DB since nine, 2009, 2010. <laughs> he had 89 a few years ago, 87, 90, and he missed a few games still. Yeah. So it's been a while. Like a lot of, we're seeing point scoring going up this year, but we're also seeing a lot of good goaltending this year. Like it's a mix of both. I think this is the yeah. biggest mix of both seasons we've ever seen. I think so too. And like, actually, like they had, uh, on overdrive they had rick talked on really as i was driving home and they asked him about that they're like they're talking about stamkos he's like the eighth player this year to hit 100 points and they're like oh why is that and he's like well apparently well uh, from all like the covid stuff and like at the beginning of the year and then like the crunch schedule basically from february onwards he's like there's been like not much practice time of like practicing systems defensively so like all these skilled offensive players are just kind of they can put the puck in the net, obviously. So if a lot of them are like breakdowns in the zone, like we saw the Matthew 60th, like that was like a shitty type of defensive effort. And like, like those type of plays happened a lot more this year. He was basically saying, because 
there wasn't as much practice time and like a lot of because there's so many back-to-backs and travel and all that and they're just going all over the place so that's why the offense was up in the league we'll go on to the hard hat award segment i got my guy you got your guy we talked about him um with steven samco so that's your guy joe yeah, we already kind of talked about him already, but just the last, you already said like 21, I think he has 21 points the last seven games officially, but the last five since he recorded, six goals, 11 assists, 17 points, so over three points a game, he had four yesterday. Um, I already said my piece on him already, unbelievable season, and just kind of exploded the last like two weeks here going into the playoffs yeah I was gonna go with Sam Coast or Kucherov but I decided to go with a Minnesota Wild player that skyrocketed once I think February hit so <laughs> it's only been a couple months he's been going off but Kevin Fiala uh, 11 points in five games since our last recording and we recorded last Monday so it's a week and two days old since he's done that uh, I didn't know this I was going through the point leaders because I like to do that every night and he has 84 points on the season. Uh, like, How? five assist game a couple of days ago. Like, I've never seen that before from a type of player, Kevin Fiala's stature. Like, it, he's been incredible down the stretch run for the Minnesota Wild. And he's going to be a big part in the sort of first-round play because Kaprizov is going to be the guy talked about. The first line is going to be the guys talked about. And the goaltending has been good for Minnesota. But Kevin Fiala is under the radar all the time. Yeah and, he's points. Like, yeah. and he's like a second line, I guess, guy. And like that line has been exploding because usually the first line is like Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello. And then his line or that power player, wherever he's on, is just exploding. Like, And I'm pretty sure he's a UFA after this season. I want to say so too. I think he is. I think he is. If so, my God. Yeah, not the a good, me. not not the greatest year for Minnesota to have him as UFA. Uh, yeah. What's he making now? Four point something. Five point one. He only signed a two year. Uh, he only signed a one year last summer. A one year, I guess, uh, ARB deal. So I think he's at RFA still, or it's a UFA after this one year deal that he signed. Well, it don't matter. They're gonna have to pay him. So <laughs> figure yeah. it out, Minnesota. <laughs> um, yeah, they have to get him locked in. <laughs> We'll go to the golden plunge now. So big flush. And these are given to the teams or player uh, with a rotten last couple of weeks. And uh, I don't know if you want to no, We'll save yours to last. So I'll go with my first. I chose the natural predators. Um, they've lost two games in a row, not looking great heading into the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, they were tagged for me, especially as one of those teams who could upset a team in the first round, which would be the Calgary Flames, who they're playing. And don't think that's the case because we talked about UC Saros going down, might miss round one. They are going to have to put no save Dave in for the first round. He has an 885 save percentage, 4.0 goals against average, something really horrific. Uh, he's only played 16 games this year, David Riddick. It's not something you want headed into the Stanley Cup playoffs. We've seen strange things happen, but I don't think it's going to be one of those strange things happening because the Calgary Flames have played very well against the Nashville Predators this year. Um, but talk about Nashville, Roman Yossi, unbelievable. He's been unbelievable down the stretch. I believe he has 94 points or something like that, um, which is un- it's just unheard of from a defenseman. But going into the playoffs, when you have your starting goalie getting an injury, which is, I believe, the lower body 
you need your lower body when you're a goalie and uh safe to say most that important part yeah exactly safe <laughs> to say it's the most important part of a goaltending uh, position the lower body when you have to push off your pads and make the save so natural predators are the one for me who do you got I, you don't got a surprise team really uh, no, I don't. We discussed them earlier, and this is what the most of the episode is going to be about. And it's the the house that folded, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. So we just kind of outlined. I already outlined the Devils lost, the Star Shootout lost. They also lost. You mentioned the Sharks' absolute collapse there, where the Sharks tied in the last second. They and then they won in shootout too. So. It's just been, and then we already mentioned all the drama and like the whole Eichel thing was a disaster. Well, at least for this year, it was, it did not pan out for them. Uh, I don't really blame Eichel too much. He was off for like a year, but his attitude, we saw that clip, uh, you sent that clip earlier, or I think Russo did, um, of him kind of just looking like, you know, like not interested or like not consolidating the, uh, the goalie after they lost. Um, it's just, it's not a good look for him. I don't blame him completely because he was off for basically a year, new team, new environment, expected to basically be himself right away because of all the injuries they had at the time and like, you know, getting acclimated to a new team and, and being the number one center there. But it's just been a terrible season for the Golden Knights. And like, it's a, probably about to end tonight. Um, I, I, Dallas, I think, just needs one point, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, to to clinch. So it's been a it, – we'll see what happens in the offseason, though, because what the thing with Vegas is that something happens every offseason. <laughs> Whether that's they trade for someone, they sign someone, they hire someone, something happens with Vegas. I don't know if they'll overreact or just kind of wash the series, season due to injuries, which is a valid uh, excuse for them. But it's more so like the last couple of games – where it's like you can't even win for mm-hmm. awful teams, which have killed them. Yeah, no, I think it's more so of the whitewash of a season for sure. Like the Vegas Golden Knights, we talked about at the top. They're a great team when they have a full lineup, fully coached, fully lethal. There's no denying that. It's the fact that people, they don't want them to make the playoffs because they're such a good team. And if they get in, there's a chance they could probably go to the Stanley Cup final. Like that's how good of a team they are, right? And I don't want, like, as a Western Conference fan, if you're a fan of a team, I don't think you want that in the Stanley Cup playoffs because game one, they could come out and be amazing. The Vegas Golden Knights team we've always seen. But the turnarounds, the injuries, it caught up to them this year, and it sucks to see because they're a great team, um, but also doesn't suck to see because they have Jack Eichel on their team, which I want to talk about just a bit. I know it's not his fault, and I don't blame him one bit about this whole thing because it's a team game. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but I lost a little bit of respect about Jack Eichel. Um, he's missing the playoffs again. Uh, he went from Buffalo to the Vegas Golden Knights, hoping he can make the playoffs, and is missing the playoffs once again for Stanley Cup uh, for the Stanley Cup. So, just a little bit, just a little bit, because I know he's coming off shoulder surgery, but he's such a good player, and he puts a lot on himself. He wasn't a point per game this year. I know he's coming off shoulder surgery, but we a lot of fans expected more out of jack eichel this yeah, year um, especially me as a fantasy owner well it doesn't even matter fantasy wise like it just like you cried your way out of buffalo like the least you could do is like you know put up some points and help this team and he was but to a certain extent like they're not they didn't they're not make the playoffs so it kind of looks really bad on jack eichel and 
Buffalo Sabres fans are the ones who are winning because he's not in the playoffs and he cried his way out of that, that town. So, um, but yeah, it sucks to see because they're going to have to make some change in the off season. They have no cap space setting into next year. Once all these guys get off LTAR, once uh, guys contracts are re-upped and not even re-signed because Riley Smith's a free agent. Uh, so he looks to be probably gone. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't think we're going to see the same Vegas Golden Knights, you know, team that we're going to be seeing next year. Cause I think a lot of other bottom six is going to have to be league minimum. Yeah. And then like, they'll probably trade dad and off again. Yeah. Poor lad. Uh, I think they should, I don't know why they, they signed Alec Martinez. They signed like those things last summer really screwed them. Like it was, the trading of dad enough and signing Martinez for like three years at over 5 million when he's like 34, 35, like, and he, Martinez missed like 50 games this year. It's like, why did you make those moves? Like you're just hamstringing yourself more for the cap. And then like, you're not able to, to do other things or make other deals. Cause they did nothing at the trade deadline. Cause they couldn't, they tried to trade cap away. Mm-hmm. They could bring some of their own guys back. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think, like you said, they're going to have a lot of guys on league men, the bottom two lines at the very least. And then I don't know, but I don't know what they're going to do about their, their goaltending situation. Now as Leonard, I guess he's just going to be healthy for next year and hope for that. But are they going to get like a, maybe a tandem duo going? They already had that last year and they traded Flurry away. So they just, they make moves for the sake of making moves. And it, it it's, it's fun as a fan. But I'm happy that it kind of blew up in their face this year. Yeah, it, it eventually it did its time and blew up in their face for sure this year. Um, we'll move on to what you say, Jason Rulo. What you say? And I don't know if you saw this one, but I just saw it like right when I was looking for a what you say of the week. It is Sheldon Keefe interrupted by Siri when he's talking about Austin Matthews scoring a lot of even strength goals for his club, club who he coaches, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So take a listen. But the hardest thing to do in our game is to score goals at even strength. It's the hardest thing to do in, in, in the game. And he does that on a level that it seems like nobody's... I thought so. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, um, <clears throat> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Surrey coming, clapping back out with a great answer. Love to see it. Yeah, AI is just taking over. So we'll move on to the Battle of the Budge, which is over. It's basically over. Unless you want to, we want to do like I need five wins to tie, uh, but I need six to win. I don't know if you want to do a six pack, but I don't think we should because you know we've done three all year. We could if you want, but we only have three here in the document right now. I don't know. We'll do we'll do three. You won basically. You won. It was it, it's basically my fault that we didn't really record the last couple of weeks, <laughs> so it's not my. It's you get it caught up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but I'll go with my pick. So last week I went two and one, you and one and two. So that could have been a catch up week if we did some in the previous yeah. weeks, but obviously couldn't. So I'll go with my picks first. Coyotes at stars. I'm taking the stars in that one to melt any Vegas Golden Age chances to make the playoffs. Then I'm going with Capitals at Islanders April 28th, Sharks at Seattle Kraken April 29th. Those are solid picks there. And then I have the Flames visiting the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Flames, I think, are the best road team in the NHL this year, I think. I could be wrong on that. They have, like, almost 30 wins on the road, which is crazy. Um, so I'm having them over the Wild April 28th. Then I have the Capitals at Rangers April 29th. I have the Rangers winning at home because Ovi's out for the Caps. I think they're going to rest 
a lot more of their guys. Well, the Rangers are resting guys tonight, but the Caps have a little bit of an older roster. I think they're going to rest more guys that day. And then Predators at Coyotes. I mean, this is just hopefully a game for to get them back on track mm-hmm. uh, leading into the playoffs. Get uh, no save Dave. A couple of saves, hopefully, in a, in a win to get the, the whole team feeling good going into uh, it looks like round one versus the Flames. So I have those are my picks. All right. So I'll pick. So I'm 26 18. You're 31 13. There's no way I can catch up. Uh, so yeah, that's been bad of the buds. I mean, we could do it in the playoffs, but I don't think it really makes sense because we're doing our predictions. And we'll have an announcement about the playoff predictions later in the episode as well. But we'll go to Joe Spicy Meatball. Before the Stanley Cup playoffs, Joe, do you have a Spicy Meatball that's thawing out right now? I do. It's And it's all, and it's about a team that we discussed all episode, obviously. And it's going to be that Pete DeBoer will be the one falling on the sword, as Marc-Andre Fleury did those years ago from Alan Walsh. And he'll fall on the sword and be fired after this season or this off season. Shit. That's a good one. <laughs> like um, we said, Vegas makes some sort of move all the time. There's even rumblings that they were kind of pissed at him when they lost to Montreal last yeah. year. Yeah. He made no adjustments apparently. Yeah. And he seems to, well, at least the media is predicting, predicting where, what was the word? Like, perceiving him as a dick <laughs> um yeah like the whole thing with leonard was like yep. basically between him and leonard and the media was like the boar versus leonard because mm-hmm. it's like oh i don't know he's having surgery oh he's playing it's like and then they're like oh uh why didn't he why did he get pulled out of the first goal i was like oh he needs to be better and stuff like that so yeah and you can't forget the one where he's like so it was like what what are you concerned about robin or something he's like i only could care about the guys in the locker room battling for the playoffs right now i'm like okay whoa all right yeah, so yeah. you guys are disconnected um and that reason i'll say yes because i think robin leonard will outlast uh peter DeBoer because he's their starting goalie um and i don't think they'll trade him unless they well like you said joe they probably do stupid shit so they'll probably trade him anyway um but i'll say yeah. peter DeBoer is fired just based off the reasonings of not making the playoffs because i believe that that was a goal for the Vegas Golden Knights to do, and that was to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and also the disconnect between players. Um, and sometimes, you know, it doesn't go good for the players, but at, at the end of the day, it's the coach that gets the can. Um, ultimately, like if the Leafs don't win around, could Sheldon Keefe be fired? Yeah, absolutely, because they didn't exp- uh, didn't meet expectations. Uh, so I think before anything before a trade happens it's usually the coach that goes it's not a big trade it's the coach so in that sense i'll go with peter DeBoer being fired i don't know when but could be right after the season could be later during the off season we don't know um but yeah they're gonna need a good candidate to get in there and they already had one they let him go as well so yeah they had gerard glenn he's doing pretty good at the rangers so yeah so yeah i'll say yeah okay and then another thing to know about the board it's like even though they even like when they lost in the in the playoffs, like they lost versus Dallas and Montreal, like two teams they were supposed to beat, like to get to the cup. Mm-hmm. And they kind of remember that Dallas series, they couldn't score a goal. They was five like, games, right? Yeah. And they got five games. I think they scored like seven or eight goals total that series. And I remember they struggled um versus Vancouver the round before, if you remember it. I think it went seven games. And like Demko, that's when he was ridiculous. And like everyone thought Vancouver was on the come up. And then the whole thing with Montreal and like, obviously Montreal's been awful this year, 
So like maybe management looks at it like, oh, like the team is awful. Like, how did you lose? And like all of that. So that could play into it as well. It's not just like, it's kind of like an accumulation of just disappointment uh, for Pete DeBoer there. You know what, Joe? I'm, you know, you just talked about a lot of things and it made me think. I'm going to do a two-pack on this firing. Oh, go okay. Kelly McCrimmon will be fired as well. Holy Kelly. Because he's not talked enough, uh, at least not enough, about this whole situation. He gave his whole heart and soul to the Vegas goal. He traded away all these things, all these guys, lots of turnaround. And, you know, I have know I know the Vegas Golden Knights have gotten farther than my team in the playoffs, but ultimately it doesn't matter. you got to win, right? And Kelly McCrimmon hasn't done his job. They haven't won yet. And I believe expectation is to win the cup because they've been so far, right? So I'll say he's fired too. Probably Damn. more so than DeBoer. Ooh, it makes sense, dude. He hasn't, like, he's traded everything and nothing's worked. And he got a trade vetoed, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, embarrassing. Is uh George McPhee still in that front office? Yeah, you're okay. Maybe he'll get fired too. Who knows? He was there originally. Maybe he's overseeing the trades that they're making. I don't know. Maybe like a lot of things could happen with the Golden Knights this year. Again, realistically, they should look at it as a wash year, but you never know because that owner, I his name escapes me right now, is like one of those yeah. um like one of those James Nolan type of owners where he's meddles a lot and like has a lot of decision-making power over that team. Um, Cause he wants to win the cup. That's great. Obviously he got a lot of success in that first year. They went to the cup final. They've had long playoff runs, but just couldn't get back there. Um, who knows how desperate he is because I mean, it's not like the team's young either. They only have a certain probably two to three year window. I would say max. Uh, yeah. Cause you got Patrick stone. Uh, Petrangelo, uh, Marcia, so Carlson, all those guys are locked in and they're like, they're not getting younger. So there's got to be some sort of urgency there, too. Yep, agree. So we'll see what happens with Vegas Golden Knights because, like you said, Joe, they do a lot of stupid moves for no necessary <laughs> reason in the offseason. So we'll see if that happens again. But um, the announcement I was talking about with the playoff prediction, so we're going to be doing that on Bernie Leaf podcast. Um, just so it makes it easier for myself, just don't have to do, just so I don't have to repeat myself basically again to you. Um, even though you actually know my picks probably beforehand. Um, so we'll do that on Barreling League podcast. I don't know when that's going to happen because Sunday is a busy day for both of us. And that's when we pinpointed when we were going to record. So we'll see if we get the recording there, but ultimately we will get in a recording of our playoff predictions, uh, before the Stanley cup playoff starts. So uh, catch us on burning leaf podcast for that episode and our predictions but we'll definitely post a graphic or something on our instagram and you'll see the predictions so yeah all right end to end should be back next week join us in the stanley cup playoffs Woo!